Welcome to our newest podcast for the community of Kiowa Island. Uh, my name is Michael Heidingsfelder and I'm one of your elected uh, town council members for the town of Kiowa Island. Now, today's podcast is about the ARB, or better to say, it's about the architectural control process on the island, which is basically the regime that gets involved whenever there are substantial building or renovation or landscaping projects and um, the institution behind the so-called ARB or Architectural Review Board um, is then getting involved in helping the property owners to make decisions so that we get this look and feel on the island that we have. Uh, many communities have these architectural control processes. Um, they sometimes call it differently, uh, but basically a lot um, of similar communities, as you will see, you know, have these processes and we we can actually say that the ARB, as we know it, has contributed to this magic island um, that we always call it and, um, and has therefore, I think, also contributed to the property values that we um, appreciate so much here in Kiowa. Um, now, this being said, on one side, we also have seen a growing number of community members that have been a little disenchanted with the today's ARB. And we will explain this a little bit, what that exactly means in the, in our conversation here today. Um, but it has driven us, um, both Kika and the town, to a joint task force, the Kika Toki ARB Work Group, the long name, um, that we started back in March with eight members. We have two Kika board members, we have two council members, um, we have uh, four volunteers in this group, um, and this team has worked really hard. Uh, we presented the phase one results in June, if I remember correctly, collected a lot of feedback from the community and worked on, on a plan that we had developed before to create a first proposal for a new, more community-centric and especially community governed and guided um, architectural uh, control process uh, for the community. So here with me today um, is Kevin Donlan. Um, he is a Kika board member, as many of you of course know, but he was also our works um, uh, work group's leader. Kevin, thank you very much for being here today. Thank it was you. a real pleasure for me to work with you on this. Uh, it was challenging, uh, very intense in, in many ways. Uh, to go through this process, but um, I think it turned out really uh, with an interesting outcome. So let's talk about this a little bit here today. And so there's my first question. Could you share with the audience a little bit about the, the mission of the work group and, and, and how we tackle the task with this phase one and phase two? Give us a little bit of a spiel here. Sure. Um, I think the whole effort started in trying to create some form of organization. There's always a lot of talk about the ARB. There's positives, there's negatives um, within the community, but it felt like it was time for us to get together, um, really get a focused uh, group of people to um, get their ideas on the table and put them into written form. Um, we did it in two phases. The first phase was what I called educational. The work group went through all the documents. We talked to the ARB. We tried to um, summarize the state of the ARB and the architectural control on the island um, as currently both for purposes of the group, but then we published it in June so that we could literally get everyone on the same page. Uh, in the second phase, we took that information and we ventured into recommendations. Um, we studied communities that were comparable to Kiwa to try to get a little bit more context. Um, and then we um, made 
both near-term and, and long-term recommendations. The near-term we'll get into in a little bit more detail, but things that we think could be done immediately. And then the vision was really to try to set the community up um, for some agreement on what we would like to look this thing to look like going forward. Uh, we've done it one way for 50 years, and um, I think we need to have a goal for how we would like it to work for the next 50 years. So, Michael, let's catch up to where we are today. Um, the ARDA, the, the development agreement expired this week. How does what we did and um, the ARB interact with that development agreement? Yeah, a lot of people have asked that question. And interesting enough, actually, one doesn't really have to do anything with the other. So the, the, the uh, development agreement expired on December 4th. That's one story. And this story is not over. We have to tackle still a few things. But then how we handle the ARB in the future is independent from that. Um, it is clearly governed by a lot of different documents that were signed many, many years ago. Um, and it is in the sole responsibility of the developer actually to decide and then hand over um, the um, architectural review process or control process to somebody. It's actually stipulated that it should be Kika, so our homeowners association. But these are two different things. Um, and, and therefore, we are not under time pressure per se, um, but we, of course, want to st get stuff done. So as soon as we are more through the process that we probably will talk about here today, we will sit down with the developer and see what the, his timeline is and then, then go forward with this. But those two things are really separate. So, Kevin, um, we just talked about governing documents. And I know in phase one, we did, we did go through a lot of them. There was piles of paper that we studied. So explain us a little bit about these governing documents and why actually the developer has the right to control the actual, the, the architectural control process here on the island. Sure. Everything is set up in the original covenants. There's the covenants that the developer, uh, where the developer creates a homeowners association, the developer sets up the island um, for selling individual lots. Uh, the original documents were written in the 70s. Um, they're pretty clear about giving the developer um, those controls in the beginning, and which is very typical around the country. Uh, what is atypical for Kiwa is that um, uh, normally it's the, the documents are written such that the developer has those controls. Normally it's written that the homeowners association has those controls. And then when the island matures, say 80% of the lots have been sold, the homeowners association keeps that control, but control the homeowners association moves to the residents. Our documents are very clear. Certain things such as control of Kika move to the property owners, but the ARB never did. And, um, uh, you know, there's a, quite a bit of debate about those documents. They were written in the 70s. They're not as clear or as, um, as decisive as the documents that are written in the 2000s. And I think that creates some of the concerns and the need for this process and for us to look at the evolution of that control now that the developer has really gone down to far less than 80% ownership of the land on the island. Um, so let me ask you this. Um, what did the work group take into consideration or focus on during phase two? Yeah, I think it's, it started really with the most recent Kika member survey, um, where um, not necessarily surprising, although in, in the amount um, members said very clearly that they have some concerns with how the ARB process and, and decision-making and rulings and methods are, are executed today. Despite what I said earlier, and, and I think we all can agree that the ERB was one of the contributing factors to put Kiowa on the map and, and, and raise our property values, but 
we we have experienced that I would say more recently there have been growing concerns um, in in certain decision makings and sometimes this has to do with design and that's certainly debatable if you like a building or if you don't like a building in the way that it's uh, architecturally you know designed um, but there were also other um, more substantive um, arguments from the community right that um, there were buildings approved that were clearly out of character for our island. Um, and I'm not talking about certain areas, for example, in Ocean Park that went this way, but all of a sudden we see pe uh, buildings going up that really don't fit with Kiowa, is what people are saying. And sometimes it's the building, sometimes it's the landscaping, and sometimes it's both. Um, what also people were um, concerned about to an increasing um, extent uh, more recently is the lack of transparency and clarity. A lot of things happen behind closed doors. They are not really fully, um, um, you know, um, explained even to somebody who is standing in front of the ERB for for and and want a decision. Um, many people mentioned to us that there is a perceived difference in how private property owners are treated versus developers. And I'm not only talking about the developer, but commercial developers in, in general. Um, people were making um, clear statements that they believed that in certain areas, the ARB of today oversteps their authority and takes on responsibility that is actually not justified by the documents. And there were complaints about the fees and the deposits and the timing of handling these uh, um, monetary issues. So it's, it's, it, it became a relatively long catalog of concerns. Um, I don't want to call them complaints, but there were concerns, and that's what, what we really um, addressed or wanted to address in this work group. So, Kevin, maybe you can tell us a little bit more about you know, how we structured the work in this work group to tackle these things. Yeah, let's get into the report. Um, the first section of the report is the benchmarking. Um, we, we went out to a number of communities. Some answered us, some didn't. Um, we used recommendations both from the existing ARB, but also very much from the management at Kika as to who they thought comparable communities were. Um, we did focus heavily on the Carolinas. Um, we asked them, to the, to the greatest extent, they could disclose how they're currently running their ARB process. And we didn't get too far to the weeds, but we tried to give context to the recommendations that we're making. Um, you know, one thing that's not a surprise, I, I mentioned a little bit earlier when I said typically, um, you usually see a situation where the Homeowners Association controls the architectural function. It starts with the developer, and there's a transition to uh, a property owner-led uh, system down the road. Um, that was pretty clear. Uh, there may be someone out there that's still where the developer controls architectural control, but everything we saw, it, it had moved or it is planned to move to the homeowners. Um, in those systems, you typically see the, um, at, which is a little different than what we've recommended, but you typically see the the officials of the homeowners association appoint the members of the architectural review board. There's a split between how much the staff does and how much a separate board does. And it really depends on the number of houses, the budget, you know, how big of a, of a task it is for them. But it's typically running through the homeowners association. They're putting another group in place and they're administering the proper process for all the property owners. Um, um, and you also see some consistency in, in the scope. Uh, it's always new building. It's uh, major alterations. Um, it's their language is uh, usually more clear as to what defines an improvement versus maintenance, where that has been some level of uh, a disagreement here on Kiwa. So, Kevin, this was 
a quite extensive benchmarking exercise that the team um, completed here. It was it was really interesting to see um, all these different you know gated communities, not only in 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 the South Carolinas but also in Florida, etc. So I think that gave us a a great deal of confidence, as you said, that you know there might be now really the time to hand over the ARB responsibility. But before we even come to this, I think the second package of phase two was also very important because we wanted to identify areas where we can improve right away without even talking about, you know, handing over. But the way the ARB is set up today, what can be improved so that we can address some of the concerns that we talked about earlier. So explain to us a little bit, you know, how we tackled this. There were six topics that we drilled it down as as near-term improvements, I think we called it. Tell us a little bit. Sure. Yeah, we we make um, a number of near term uh, recommendations for near term fixes. Um, we derive those by uh, meeting with the ARB. We spend a lot of time going through the feedback we receive from the community, not just um, in connection with our Phase One report, but you know emails that we'd all gotten as leaders in the community over the the last several years. And we spend a lot of time talking about it with our within our own group. Um, we broke it into six general areas. Uh, one is scope of authority. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, there's still always some concerns when you get to things like a dead tree or certain types of repainting, whether that constituted, constitutes an improvement to the property or just a um, repair that should not have to go in front of the ARB. Um, the second was, uh, you touched upon an inconsistent and arbitrary application of the guidelines. Um, I can give you uh, stories on my own street where three different houses were treated three different ways. And there's sometimes a reason for it behind the scenes, but there's the perception that it's not consistent. And I think that can be improved in the com- in the community with better transparency. Mm-hmm. Um, the fees and deposits, um, just yesterday, someone grabbed me and said that it took them a year to get their fee back. Um, I think the ARB would argue that there has to be more interaction between them and uh, the homeowners, but the amount of money that they collect, where it sits and when it is returned, I think there's room for improvement and that we discussed that and their feedback to that. Um, a lack of transparency and accountability would be the fourth item. Um, we would prefer to see things done more in the open. I know when I've worked with the ARB, I put in my application and I get a letter back, a very brief letter. I would love to sit in the meeting, hear what they have to say, uh, whether they're videotaped or even the homeowners could just simply uh, attend them, I think would be an improvement to the process. Um, the fifth area is how Kika interacts with the ARB. Um, Kika and and hopefully now the town will have people that we put on the ARB, the existing ARB board. Um, we're asking that those people act more like um, you know true uh, liaison to the community and and get more involved with uh, when people make a request. They know there's someone at Kika or the town that they can ask specific questions if the ARB uh, is not answering them directly. And the last is uh, um, Kika and Toki policies. Um, how our staffs interact with the ARB. Uh, When there is something before, uh, for example, Kika to make an improvement, right now they're often just by default go to the ARB to ask for uh, permission. We don't think that's always warranted, and we'd like that reviewed as well. So, Kevin, one of those concerns um, is also that we need to handle the the potential risk of losing, um, um, you know, professional talent. Right. I mean, we have staff um, in in the ARB. We have professionals that are helping us, helping the ARB right now to make decisions. So how can we make sure that in this transition, whenever that takes place, we aren't losing that 
intellect and, and knowledge, tribal knowledge. Yeah, I, I think that's very important. And I think it's going to be um, very important to work closely with Kiwa partners on the transition. Um, I, I, you know, I've explained it. I don't think there should be a tear down and a rebuild. I think it should be a renovation. The, the function is inside their operation right now, inside of Kiwa Partners. How can we pull pieces out and then over time move governance of those pieces over to Kika and Toki and um, the governance committee that we've put together? And then as we see problems, change those problems. And if people decide they're going to stay with Kiwa Partners or join uh, the new function, we replace those over time. I would not, I don't think anyone wants us to change overnight. I think we want to do it. Um, you know, less, you know, very focused on how we bring that knowledge across and um, replace the knowledge carefully over time. We want this to be Kiwa quality, high quality. So it's important that we have um, the right scope as we move it over. It's important that we have the right resources. You know, the, it has to be done in such a way that we can bring people in that are interested in tackling the job and staying with us over the long term and trying to get the knowledge from those that are leaving the job. I think we all know, you know, I certainly know from my corporate career that change is always a difficult thing and it needs to be managed well. So I think we can appreciate what you outlined for us. So, um, but, you know, we were talking about this handover. It, it sounds so easy. And, um, and, and certainly, you know, the statement that the partners made recently in a, in a town council meeting that they are willing to work with us in handing it over. But, but, you know, this could also go in different directions. So what are actually the alternatives for the community to take over the ERP? Sure. I, we, we had um, an announcement yesterday, and um, I think it's, it's incumbent upon us to listen to it and think through um, the pros and cons of that. Obviously, we want to move it over, but how it's done is now what matters to the community. We originally looked at three ways that this could be done. One is the developer assigns all its rights in Kika. That's contemplated in the covenants, and that's, you know, frankly, fairly easily done. There still need to be a transition, but it's legally clear. Um, if they resisted that, um, the second thing we looked at is a covenant change. And I'll point out that Kika just yesterday, um, you know, approved a, a, a new task force. We're going to really an extension of the governance task force to go back and start looking at the covenants closely and enumerating things that they, we think the board should look at. This is always one of the highest uh, items on that uh, list. Um, the third is litigation. I think that's least desirable. Nobody really wants to go down the path of litigation. And based on what um, Kiva Partners said yesterday, I doubt we'll have to go down that path. But I think it's very important for us to now uh, meet with Kiva Partners, understand their idea of the transition, and does it you know, accomplish the goals of what the community is looking for before we say, hey, this is all ready to go. So I remember when we looked at the benchmarking, we saw different examples for this, right? We saw communities that went to litigations. We saw communities that made changes to, to the governance pro, uh, um, documents. But the majority, I believe, but help me to make sure I'm not saying something wrong here, but the majority was actually a quite well orchestrated handover process from the developer to the community. Well, right? I mean, to be fair, I mean, in, in, my, in what we saw benchmarking and in my work experience, the vast number of homeowners associations are set up so that the function is within the homeowner association and the homeowners association transfers at a specific date. I think that's also the way most of the regimes uh, uh, work here on the island. So I think you'll see in most places, they don't battle this uh, challenge because the documents were set up differently. We are unique, so we're gonna have to have a unique solution to the problem. Okay. So Michael, um, let me ask you last but not least, um, what do you think are the next steps for the work group? Yes, I mean, we have now published our phase two report, 
um, and and that's online. Community can study and uh, can study it in detail. We have already first reactions um, um, and provide feedback to us. That's that's really the very first thing that um, that we wanted to accomplish. Um, so we are really awaiting feedback. Um, this podcast hopefully helps also today a little bit of of shedding some lights on on the details so that. You know, just community members get a little bit more of the context. Then the next step will be that um, we again have something like this drop-in meeting we had in June, uh, where where we all, where the work group is available and people can step in, community members can come visit us and ask questions, voice concerns, give feedback, give criticism, hopefully also some endorsement. Um, but but this is the 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 direct exchange that we are really looking for. Um, last time we did it um, in in person. Maybe this time we can do it a little bit in a, in a mix of people online, and depends a little bit on the time. But we we clearly want to accomplish that within the next four weeks. Uh, we will collect all of this feedback. Um, whatever we feel is is really you know helpful will be incorpor- incorporated, and then we will approach the developer. Right? We will go to them and say this is what we think is the right way forward, and then start negotiating. Right, and um, again, I was very encouraged by what the partners, you know, explained in the in the recent town council meeting. So that's a good starting point. But then there is still a lot that we have to to uh, to work on. So we haven't really defined phase three yet, I would say. But I I do envision that there will be a next phase where we'll go into all of these details, um, and and develop all the structures and the processes and 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 the business plan and the fee structure and all of these details. But this is something we we really want to do together with the developer, hopefully. Yeah, let me let me emphasize two things. Um, the word start. This was a this whole effort was to organize and and get into the detail and start the conversation so we can push forward. And 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 the second thing is anyone who reads the report, I want to highlight um, arb at kika.us. That's where you can send us uh, uh, direct emails for the um, task force to read. And uh, we love the more feedback we can get, the better. Absolutely. All right, great. Um, Kevin, I, th- I think I'm not lying when I'm saying this was a very complex and, um, and challenging project that the eight of us, you know, really yeah. tackled here. That was, that was um, not always easy. Um, and we had to overcome quite a lot of discussion about legal issues, et cetera. But um, over the time, I really enjoyed working with you and um, the work group. I think we, we had a chance to accomplish something um, really very valuable for the community so i'm 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 eager to see the feedback all right yeah we didn't know each other before but it was a pleasure thanks so. all right thank you very much kevin this uh this was fun it was a little bit of a different layout for our podcast but uh, um i enjoyed that thanks for for being here and and really thanks for orchestrating all the work in um uh, that we did together um your that was very helpful so this was another podcast in our series um, of the town of Kiowa Island. Hopefully, again, uh, something that you enjoyed listening to. Um, this is certainly a very important topic, so I hope we could bring a few more insights uh, to the picture. Um, it is another part of our series. There will be more. There's a lot more in the making in the coming months of bringing you interesting people and interesting topics um, in this format that hopefully you will enjoy. Thanks for tuning in today. Um, we appreciate your your commitment um, to this and, and to the topic. Please enjoy um, another beautiful day on our island and see you next time. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank you.